Radical, episode 131. Ladies and gents, I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tonight, three shows, but there's going to be a fourth this week. It's going to be live tomorrow night down at Smith's Old Bar. I have uh, Pete Camionis coming in as a special guest to help me with a fun podcast. It's going to be a lot of energy in that one, uh, and we're going we're gonna, to gonna take life too seriously. Um, so 9 o'clock, that starts. And then after that, Zach Deputy, who you can catch on last night's show, will be playing. He is a looper. can play anything you want and beatbox. And, man, his voice is solid gold. Uh, come down, uh, like I said, 9 o'clock at Smith's Old Bar. Still got a couple tickets left, I think. And uh, I think it's going to be a sold-out show by then. So, anyway, tonight's guest, uh, I was on his show, the uh, Don't Tread on Anyone podcast. And I got to tell you, I, w- I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't I hadn't seen Keith Knight is my guest tonight. Uh, I had not seen him yet. Uh, the articulation, the fun, the brain, the, I don't know, j- this guy is going to do big things in Liberty, and I am super, super stoked to have him here on Radical tonight. So please help me welcome Keith Knight to Radical. What's up, brother? Shane, you spoil me rotten with that great introduction, sir. Thank you for having me. Man, thank you for having me on your show. And I mean, to, to have you here, I mean, uh, you're also a contributor to the Libertarian Institute at 25 years old. Not that age is a thing, but Jesus, you're way ahead of you know a lot of people at that game. I mean, at 25, this is ridiculous. Yes, uh, fortunately, uh, gentlemen like uh, Scott Horton have uh, uh, taken a look at my work, and uh, him and I have done about 18 interviews together now, and uh, we've really tried to build up an archive of foreign policy contributions that you could send to any one of your status friends. We try not to keep it too esoteric in hopes of uh, spreading the message far and wide. Is that does, funny? Does, does he know that you call him a gentleman? Does, does he approve of that? Uh, yes, uh, he actually whips me if I refer to him as anything else. Uh. <laughs> Keith, Keith and I have, I mean, seriously, Keith is so much fun. I mean, I was pinging him earlier. So, okay, man, can I get a headshot and everything? And we we're having this this conversation off, you know, offline before we came on. And I think this is the endearing part of of being able to podcast with guys that are you're coming into the space and, and doing some great things is like, you know, I, I have been in the same place as you've been. Like somebody's like, could you send me a headshot? I was like, what am I running for a Senate or something? Like I, and you're, you know, you're trying to find the, the right lighting and, and you know, the right look or whatever it is, man, it's a pain in the ass trying to get stuff like that done. It is. I was just going to send you a picture of Channing Tatum and George Costanza <laughs> and say, whichever one you think I look more like, Pick one of those. I, I guess I will put it, tolerate put it, it. Up there, You should have right? seen, actually, the, the one that I was going to, I'm like, well, if he really pushes me, I'll send him this one just because it's a conversation starter. It's me in front of the White House in, God, it must have been 2007 or 2008, holding an Obama claims nomination sign from when I was a proud Barack Obama supporter. My God. How yeah. old were you when, when you supported Barack Obama? It doesn't even seem like you might have been old enough to vote at that time. And that uh, in 2008, I would have been 12. I just thought it was something cool. It was yeah. it was basically me going up to Sedona, Arizona, which at, you know, 10, 11, 12, it's hard to appreciate the beauty at that age when very into video games, MLB, the show, you know, all, all these things. So um, so I would just listen to my grandparents talk about uh, politics the whole time. And I basically came away with this idea that there's more or less two groups. There's people who care, who care about the poor, and then there's these fucking racists. You would not believe them. 
literally, how could you not like Barack Obama? A guy who wants to, he wants to give you health care. Imagine someone handing Shane Hazel health care and me slapping it out of the guy's hand. That's what basically what every, that's libertarians and that and Republicans. That's what their job is to stop people from helping other people. So with that mindset, of course, it's like they have to be either bought off by the Koch brothers or evil racists. I, I've narrowed it down to those two things. I've thought about it for almost 10 seconds now. It has to be one of those two. I don't even need to read their literature. <laughs> and once <laughs> monsters. <laughs> That's right. um, so with that in mind, of course, you're just going to find your identity in Barack Obama. Well, if I saw someone who needed help, I'd help them. Therefore, Barack Obama is simply an extension of me and a a uh, what would you call it? A representational progression of the country going from blacks enslaved to Jim Crow to civil rights to black president. How could you be against this guy? I, I mean, mean a, a, after rock so solid different. logic for an eight year old man. He's, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's the same logic that uh, Paul Krugman and the rest of the New York Times uses. So uh, I, 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 I wish it was only eight-year-olds that believe such nonsense. Well, I, and I, I think it speaks to a, a, a much bigger problem that we have is we have people running around in this country who are, you know, empowered, you know, with with guys with badges and, and guns and things like that going, hey, man, that guy over there, that guy's an asshole. Like, you know, he's doing some peaceful shit. Let's go point some guns at him. Right. Like those are the, mentally they're eight. Literally, the best example of this would be a guy, Elvis Summers. I was going to call him a gentleman, but I'm afraid uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid you'd uh, you'd run with that. Elvis Summers in California and another guy, I believe his name is Jay Austin in Washington, D.C., what they were doing is they were more or less very, uh, very handy guys who were very creative, who were able to build small houses for homeless people for about a thousand dollars. I remember seen, this. Yes. If you've seen the movie, God, what is it? It's a documentary on what's called minimalism. And uh, they were building these small houses for homeless people. And then the feds shut it down, even though it was on private property, even though it was a voluntary exchange. Now, giving homeless people houses, how... How is the state going to stop that from happening? Well, the justification in California was it might interfere with the current anti-poverty legislation that the government plans on proposing very soon. One of Gavin Newsom's morons was pushing this forward. And the second was look at how they uh, use minimum wage. They say, you know what? I don't care if it's two, three, six, ten dollars an hour. We'd rather you have nothing. It's either fifteen dollars an hour as AOC and the friends are uh, proposing, 15 or nothing. It's the same logic with houses. Either this counts as a house, all these criteria, or you get nothing. That logic, that belief that some people have a better claim to your, stop smiling, have a better claim to your life and your property than others, that is what gets us here. So when you see all these homeless people, you don't say, oh, the free market's failed, as of course they want you to say, though, the problem is too many voluntary exchanges, too much peace is going on. Of course, the violent tyrants want us to think that. Perfect example, homelessness caused by the belief in statism and the belief in aggression. 
I wore my glasses just to look smarter to keep up with you tonight. You realize that, Keith, right? <laughs> you <laughs> like, got to re- these. You are I, I actually a- made a video about this because this one is so <laughs> bad. It's one of those ones that's so inexcusable. You and I spoke last time about ALC's abuela and how sometimes things are just so inexcusable. You can't even you can't even begin to justify them, please. I mean, it's oh, not they, Rumsfeld no, bad, but they, they, AOC's pretty fucking bad. Thing, off, off screen, they go, man, we just fucked those people over real hard, right? Like, <laughs> no, that's what they're doing. The Fauci with his double mask bullshit and his Delta variant. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to get away with all this shit. And they're like high-fiving behind everybody. It's, you know, this is this is the murder cult. This is what they do better than anybody else. You know, why stop at $15? Why not do $100 an hour? Why not do a $1 million an hour? We'll fucking just, we'll make everybody just fine we're we're good people um nothing like modern you know uh what is it uh modern mmt um geez oh pete sometimes you just can't recall all the yeah. damn modern monetary theory, theory the belief right? that yeah. wealth comes from printing money don't you know the uh the idiots in the egyptian empire if only they would have printed more money they would have had uh cell phones right. and cars and air conditioning has nothing to do with innovation and Bimar. the private property ethic Idiots. Idiots in Zimbabwe. They they, they never did enough. Hello, Bangladesh. Are you there? Print more money. Goodbye. I just solved all your issues. Who's got it going on right now is the Ugandan prince that turned all that shit into fucking Bitcoin. Really? I I actually hadn't heard of that. Good. Good. He's he's leading the way. That guy's set now, man. He's a a multi-billionaire. Hey, you had some thoughts about Donald Rumsfeld. I mean, that poor guy. I hate to see him go out, right? I'm devastated, not as devastated as John McCain's a big new Brzezinski and David Rockefeller, but still very devastated. Let me tell you the main reason why I think this guy, uh, I'm going to give him, you and I need to come up with a name for this, the AOC test, something that is so inexcusably bad that it, there's just no working around it because everything else you can say, well, if only there were more government funding, we could have fixed it, whatever. This is so bad. It's unbelievable. So A lot of us have seen, you know, the Donald Rumsfeld torture report and all these other things. One thing that I uh, focused on uh, in the first thing in my uh, response video to his death was a CBS News article from September 4th, 2002 by Joel Roberts titled Plans for Attack Began on 9-11 Immediately. This is so different. This is so different than what we've been told. The idea is government is there to keep the peace. And if there's ever an attack, the government investigates the attack, finds those responsible, and then attacks those people uh, and makes sure that these things don't happen again. So here are Donald Rumsfeld's notes to his aides on September 11th at 2.40 p.m. Eastern Time. The notes quote Rumsfeld as saying he wanted best info fast, judge whether good enough to hit SH. He Uh, saying he wanted uh, best info fast, meaning Saddam Hussein. At the same time, not only UBL, the initials used to identify Osama bin Laden. So immediately, here's how they talk behind closed doors when no one else is around. It has nothing to do with something happens. Oh, there's a virus. Hold on. Let's investigate. Then let's think of policies. And then let's look at what we can do to solve them. The point is more power, more violently dominating peaceful people. Now, what is our justification once we well, once we uh, recognize that that is our end? 
let's slow down because I mean, seriously, to, to investigate a virus that we don't know where it comes from and to jump to conclusions. I mean, that's crazy, especially given the last four years with Russia and, you know, the, the fact that they tried to take down Trump with. I mean, And I think Trump's in on it. I think he's part of it. I think he's a you know, New York Democrat. But God, you know, this this blinding just. I don't know, out in the open now, like, you know, we're not, we, we don't need to investigate that. We know that that guy's an asshole, but we don't know over here. You know, the science isn't settled on what's going on. You guys spent $6 trillion last year. I think you got enough money to carve out in your budget to maybe, I don't know, look into anybody and everybody that's talking about, you know, something that's getting some traction out there. They don't have enough money. Biden just proposed a tax increase on those making over $400,000 a year. He's okay with them paying more, Shane. Oh, we're all okay going to be making 400000 soon. I wish I wish I were that generous to go, walk into a restaurant and say, hey, everyone, the bill is on Shane Hazel tonight. Order more stuff. It, it, it takes no courage. It takes no, uh, it, it takes no uh, moral foundation. So the article goes on. It actually gets worse. Now, nearly one year later, there is still very little evidence Iraq was involved in the September 11th attacks. Joel Roberts playing it safe. But if these notes are accurate, that didn't matter to Rumsfeld. Go massive. The notes quote him as saying, sweep it all up, things related and not. This is a perfect example of how the uh, what they present, I think Hillary Clinton said it best, their public position versus their private position. All of these things that they plan on doing are planned in advance. In my video, I mention, I believe it's National Security Presidential Directive 9. That's the plan to start a war with Afghanistan on September 4th, 2001. I actually cite uh, Rumsfeld's own testimony. That's my source, Donald Rumsfeld. On March 23rd, 2004, the plan was to go into Afghanistan and overthrow the Taliban. Now, this is a very old trick. Afghanistan, referred to as the graveyard of empires, both for the British Empire and the Soviet Union. So by bogging them down there, it's always a war that can justify itself. The reason things are going good is because we're there, and therefore we need to stay there. Things are going bad, therefore we need to escalate. No matter what happens, it's a justification for, for the war. That's why Afghanistan is the perfect place for them to go. Second <laughs> is... I'm sorry. I was going to say, if you you want to take a breath, I was going to give you just a a second to breathe there and and get your second point ready. You've been hanging out with Scott Horton too long. You've got all these, you know, people, you know, that you're rattling off in history. Yes. And that's I taught him everything he knows. Wasn't it Brzezinski's, you know, like plan to get those guys bogged down from Russia in Afghanistan to bleed them until they just absolutely couldn't be a, a, a country anymore? Yeah. So in July of 1979, this is, gosh, I know Scott has it on his website. I want to say it's scotthorton.org forward slash fair use, where he actually has the document. So the Soviets invade in December of 79, but there's a document in July of 79 with a plan for Zbigniew Brzezinski, national security advisor, to provoke with the Carter administration, the Soviets into invading. This is a widely recognized plan. Bringing people into Afghanistan is what's referred to as a quagmire or, gosh, what is it called? Uh, Something, uh, Brzezinski said, it's our time to give the Soviets their Vietnam. 
yes. widely known as um, an unwinnable war, which, I mean, look at Afghanistan right now. They're just they're actually pulling out the troops from from everything that I've read. They're pulling them out. Granted, they're provoking a war with Russia by bringing Ukraine into NATO and, you know, and everything going on with China. Just but leaving AMRAPs in the street and like. <laughs> Guys, go get water. Like, just leave the AMRAPs. Those guys will take care of them. Don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll valet parking for you. We didn't even want to win anyways. Goodbye. <laughs> I can imagine being one of those last guys on the ground. They'll be like, uh, God, who's, who's got our six now? Like, what what's going on with everything? Exactly. Uh, so uh, here is... A uh, another example of how these wars are m- much more likely to be planned in advance rather than things happen, government yep. investigates, and then goes to protect us on our behalf. This is titled uh, January 26th, 1998, to the Honorable William J. Clinton. My God, they couldn't God, have said that I with mean, a straight face as they were writing that. So this good. is from an organization called the Project for a New American Century, and it is a letter to Bill Clinton by Elliot Abrams, uh, Peter Rodman, James Woolsey, who, who was later a member of the CIA, Paul Wolfowitz, Bill Crystal, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, I mentioned Elliot Abrams, and it was then where they are planning to invade Iraq to overthrow Saddam. Now, another person who said the U.S. is wanting to invade Iraq to weaken Saddam and the Iraqi states to benefit Israel. The other guy saying that at the time, there were two, Project for a New American Century and Osama bin Laden. So it, uh, it, it's unfortunate that I have to quote him as being someone uh, who's uh, somewhat of a prophet in this area. But going back to January of 98, the plan was to invade Iraq, to weaken Iraq, the greatest competitor to Israeli expansion. That's by every metric. That's what the war was about. It had nothing to do with 9-11 or WMDs. Of course, those are lies. Uh, Yellow cake in Niger. Another lie. Uh, The Valerie Plame scandal uh, exposed that. So, uh, yeah, this is a terrible Donald Rumsfeld, uh, of course, is no one who we should uh, appreciate uh, by any metric. (laughs) You're throwing a party, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah man i i, I saw man when, when when i saw your article or actually it was your video uh i was like man uh, this is extremely well done if you guys haven't seen it out there go on to youtube or actually odyssey and and go check it out it's um it's it's fantastically done especially when you take clips of them saying i didn't i never said that you know i, I what was it cheney and it was rumsfeld like no that's not what i said and then it clips and right bush through. yeah the president right the vice president the and the secretary of defense blatantly lying total contradictions it's not like it's not like they're even so vague where they try to say something and then technically they didn't really say it they they just blatantly they blatantly lie they don't end up in jail they don't get fines and of course we're told well if everything were left up to the free market bad people might get away with bad things no that's statism child sorry you eight-year-old what are you doing um (laughs) that's seven that's seven i'm eight please that's right that's please different levels for us yeah so i mean with with everything that's happening over there right now uh i got got a real big question for you man like um i i recently actually just i guess earlier this week was talking about the aumf how do you feel about the aumf there keith i am not sure what is that acronym uh, the authorization of military force. <laughs> I uh, I know nothing about the uh, authorization of uh, of military force. I mean, 
going to have to be more specific. So the authorization of military force was passed. We had two of them. We passed one in 2001 and 2002. Um, I had a conversation. So, and, and what I contend is that they're not constitutional, uh, that we're in a post-constitutional republic. And I was having this debate with uh, Justin Amash on Saturday night at the uh, Libertarian Convention in Michigan. And he was contending that the AUMF was a declaration of war. And I was like, hey, man. There's a, there's something really wrong with that because there's no sunset on this, right? Like in Article Article One, Section Eight, Clause Twelve of the Constitution, this has to you can only do this for two years. You can only have you know a declared war for two years before it's over. You got to declare war again, and so you know kind of glaze over that one. I, I hope he comes to his senses on that one, but it's you know it's it's one of those things that I I see as a as a giant problem if uh, somebody in the Libertarian Party is going around and going yeah, UMF is pretty okay amash it's it's so sad to see him talk to nick gillespie and him be the more blue-pilled between him and nick gillespie i mean what, what he was saying something about like we stand against the january 6th attacks and ugh, dude i'm already asleep goodbye next it, it video was, it was tough man that was i mean it's just such a regardless of what you think about the January 6th attacks, the insurrection, entering the Capitol without a freaking permission. Can we, slip can we call it an attack? Hold, to I hold mean, the mass murdering ruling class accountable for something. Some of my favorite memes have been, you, you know, uh, what, what is it? Biden says, you need nukes and F-15s to overthrow the government. Picture number two, Congress hiding because people walked in without asking. Right. They, they didn't even have guns. Imagine if one guy had a gun. Or there two, are more, there or are thirty more, guys who had M16s, or there, there were more, double the amount of people. <laughs> there are more guns in one of their pickup trucks that they left <laughs> behind, right? Like, and then they brought into the Capitol building. Exactly, exactly. So uh, you know, it, you see uh, people like uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib crying in front of Congress. Oh, th this was so horrible. I was terrified. Okay, well, you don't get to say that oh, Second Amendment's going to do nothing. Uh, the, the right to bear arms does nothing. What a, what a liar. Either you're lying about being scared or you're lying about the fact that guns are able to stop large-scale aggressors. Either way, it's a, it's a totally indefensible position. The, the whole thing, I mean, I mean, it does a disjustice to anybody who's actually been attacked, right? It's, <laughs> any, any, An actual any, attack. Any HOA has gone through worse shit <laughs> than, than, you know, those people out there in, in Congress, for God's sakes. I mean, it, there was, was a it, line outside my house last Halloween that was more dangerous than that. In, <laughs> that insurrection. My God, is that pathetic? See, see, Shane, it's totally OK that they send SWAT teams into Duncan Lemp's house murder him that they uh murder kelly thomas and then the two police officers even though they're all in security camera Breonna that taylor. they get off brianna taylor eh, th that's okay so long as you don't go into the building which in any other case had it been to jc penny well uh, that would have been a mostly peaceful protest and really even if you do call it a riot a riot is just the voice of the unheard so really all you're doing is hearing a voice that's really all it is. You when people lose this. their jobs, when customers don't have a place to shop, when businesses have a disincentive for investing in the future into uh, these uh, communities. So, of course, they they don't care. And it's unbelievable that you get people who put all their faith in, in these politicians. Like, look, you fall for Jim Jones, whatever. At least I get it. 
AOC and Talib, Ilhan Omar, please, Lindsey Graham. You can't. Oh, right. How did you fall for that? More well, for did, Israel. Oh, brilliant. In, in I never South thought of, Carolina. I never thought of more. What a great principle. An increase. Yeah. I, I think the lesson in all that is if you're a non-believer, you don't get to visit the most holy site for the murder cult. What the fuck are you thinking? It's like trying to get, get into Mecca as a Christian. You don't get to go there for God's sakes. We'll, we'll send you a JPEG. Keep keep walking. <laughs> Not allowed it. Yeah, no. And the fact that they've got, I mean, geez, I mean, today, today, uh, and I, I think it was yesterday, all these things. Have you experienced extremism? Have you been exposed to extremism here on Facebook or wherever it is? And you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely have been exposed to extremism for sure. I've been I've been uh, exposed to congressional supremacy, the belief that Congress has the right to be supreme over other people and violently dominate them. Where do I report this? Please send me that link because <laughs> this group is telling me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, some guy threatening to nuke us because we don't have enough guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Twice, twice on on two on two occasions. What the fuck are we? I mean, that's a ridiculous. Do you, do you think we're once, getting close? Once is adorable. Twice is just disrespectful. I mean, really. <laughs> what is it going to take for people to realize they don't represent you? Who is this? Uh, is this a uh, relationship where one is a public servant? Of course, people calling Rumsfeld. You know, thirty years of public service. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be a moron to believe such nonsense. I make I write words down on paper. If you don't follow the words on paper, I cage you and shoot you if you resist and you're in charge of me. That's how dumb you have to be to believe in this thing called government and Congress and statism and whatever else nonsense they believe in public a, servants. A constitutional what a republic based on democracy <laughs> oh and, and look it's it's even bad for uh the recipients as uh you know lou rockwell likes to say even welfare it's like look if your friend's a drug addict and you give him more money you're not really helping them in the same way you can look at the teachers union it's, I, I know arizona very well they are so entitled to your money that if you ask them to lower your taxes they refer to it as taking away their money They've completely flipped this around. It's the equivalent of me saying a woman is depriving me of sleeping with her. That's how <laughs> dumb it is. It's it's like, all right, I, I, of course, own you and all your property. Now, how much am I going to allow you to keep? That's, this is a false position, level, man. That's the, the level of ridiculousness. That's a level of ridiculousness. And, of course, we'd see this if it were the Catholic Church. Catholic Church says um, – you have to pay 20% of your income to them annually because of all their great contributions to civilization, of which there are many. Moving and if you don't, the Jesuits are <laughs> and the Jesuits are gonna cage you and shoot you in front of your kids if you don't chip in. By the way, this is for you, and without them, there'd be chaos. That's how dumb the population is. Or and without government, we'd have an uneducated populace, of course. Screaming at you, the people that elected AOC and Talib and the rest of the gang and, the, and all the other monsters that are up there, they're screaming at you. But, oh, my God, can you imagine the chaos without government? 
Oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, um, I, I'd like to try to imagine that. If, can, can we try to imagine the chaos without government? Like, sign me up, man. Like, I, 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 want, it, I want to try this. Well, uh, chaos to a psychopath is anyone uh, engaging in actions that are not under his or her control. So it actually is rather chaotic. It's what Bob Murphy. It's why Bob Murphy called his book "Chaos Theory," because it's no central violent dominator yet. People acting without a central planner. So it's what well, well, I guess. What would you call it? You you could refer to it as spontaneous order or something that appears to be planned, which isn't actually planned. The old example is Leonard reads the pencil. There's no one guy who's in charge of making the pencil. Yet it occurs, and we have it. Um, it we as consumers have access to it, even though it's not planned. So their assumption is, all right, I'm not in charge of a planning mechanism. I I, I can't even think of how this would work. Therefore, I'm just going to put it in the category of chaos. Well, who do you think causes chaos? Who's funding Jabhat al-Nusra in Syria under Operation Timber Sycamore? Who's funding LIFG to fight against Gaddafi, causing the Libyan slave trade? Who is nuking civilians in Japan? Totally unjust, by the way. <laughs> I mean, so, so of course, of course, the number one cause of chaos tells us without them, there might be chaos. It's the same. It's large scale abusive boyfriend. Same That's all government pollution, is. Same as shitty roads, same as <laughs> rising murder rates and everything else. And it's just like, what would you guys do without us here? Smacking the, it's like, uh, what, what's her name from uh, Misery? Smacking them in the freaking ankles with a sledgehammer. This is for your own good. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's a kidnapper saying without me, you'd be homeless. You know what? I'd rather be. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get through it eventually. You know, PTSD will we'll, we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, so speaking of uh, hate speech and all that, do you see what uh, Canada just came out with? What Canada? No, but they've been 16. they've been so bad for so long. I remember Bill C sixteen is what made Jordan Peterson famous. <laughs> yeah, that's a sixteen thousand dollar fine for hate speech. Only 16. Well, thank I you, mean, Justin Trudeau. I, I really appreciate it. I, mean, I wonder who that's going to affect the most. I wonder. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, the equivalent <laughs> of whatever's in Canada. Because, I mean, they're really about workers of the world uniting. And they're for the little guy against the big guy. So, I mean, sh surely this will only uh, be a fine that applies to a certain demographic, those with a much higher income. Of course, that's you own. They own your mouth. <laughs> that's that's well, that's. Of course, they do. That's after what I'm going to say. Put a mask is the name on of it. the bill. And the problem. <laughs> and the problem. <laughs> the problem is, is once you grant them the right to, well, it's okay to regulate restaurants. You got to be safe, and you can regulate airports because you have to be safe. You've already given them the right to rule, and embedded in the right to rule is. Well, if I have the right to keep your food safe, I have the right to keep your society safe by regulating speech. I'm not violently dominating peaceful people. That's not what this is. I'm just regulating, making sure good things get out in the commercial sector and true things get out in the discussion sector. You can't grant the state any rights the citizenry does not have. That is the great lesson of Hans Hermann Hoppe towards the end of Democracy, the God That Failed. He said, that's why minarchism, small government conservatism has failed. Smack it around. This guy, that guy was staring at me for a little bit too long. I, I, had, to, I had to shut the blinds. Um, 
So yeah, you, you can't grant them. You can't uh, claim. It's the equivalent of me saying, all right, Shane, I have the right to rule you. I own your body. Now let's talk about what you're going to do on Thursday of next week. Uh, well, once we're talking about what you're going to do on Thursday, you've already granted me a right that I don't have, that I'm not entitled to. So I'm only going to abuse that just as the right to keep you safe is going to be the right to stop people from talking, the right to stop people from opening up businesses, the right to stop people from exiting their house because a virus with a 99.999 repeated till whatever survival rate is going to maybe end the lives of some people. Of course. At already get eight years old who have preconditions who have no access to ivermectin, who are uh, right at the, the, the average uh, age of death in America. Yeah, that would, be, that, would be like, that would be like me saying, you know, Shane, there's a horrible virus going around. It gives you, what does it give you? It gives you scabs, and it's really bad. And it mainly shows up in meth addicts. Um, okay, we're already expecting scabs from all the meth addicts you're you have an unfalsifiable theory so when they say yeah it's mainly gonna kill people ready to die yeah uh i'm gonna have to question this i'm sorry bat soup you said it came from the wet markets okay well uh, i'll look into it okay maybe it's definitely gonna get all those people in hospice you know i mean it's 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 a killer (laughs) what the fuck in in hospice of all places uh, i also heard that it keeps you dead if you've already died i i I, fauci's looking into that one Uh, i'm not sure about the consensus we gotta run through a number of experiments first i hear it does have the power to change how you died though (laughs) <laughs> it, it really does uh, un, unbelievable work but th- that of course is uh is who you attract once you've given the state the right to rule it doesn't attract the kindest most virtuous people on the planet it attracts the henry kissingers the mouse tongues the donald rumsfelds the hitlers the stalins the vladimir lenins of the planet they're the ones who seek to occupy that or the average person might want it but they're not willing to put in 12 hour days to get there because they're not that interested in violently dominating other people. The psychopaths are, and that's what you're doing. You're more or less creating a bat signal for psychopaths. If you advocate the expansion of statism and anytime you say Congress has more rights than the people it claims to get their power from, well, then you're just waiting for it to expand. It's a ticking time bomb. The same thing they claim about the free market. Well, if it's unregulated, they'll just grow and grow, and then there'll be monopolies, and then they'll have so much power, they'll hurt innocent people. Everything they say about other people applies tenfold to them because you can't opt out of funding them, and they don't face competition. Well, and, and how long was it in, you know, in, in the Weimar? Uh, how, how long was it before they started, you know, saying, hey, if you see something, say something about your neighbor before they went kinetic against the people? Because I'm telling you, like, I've been a pretty white, you know, like what they call the white pill guy, right? Like, I'm pretty optimistic. I think some good stuff is happening out there. But then I see some stuff like this where I'm just like, oh, now we're snitching. Like, we're asking people to to snitch on other, their, their neighbors, on their friends, on their family, whoever they're connected to online. It's a uh, terrible uh, virus, you could call it. They've implanted uh, the populace with. So instead of realizing the principled, division in society, which Hans Hermann Hoppe does in 
gosh, I got to remember the name of this essay. I think it's called a Austrian Marxist class analysis. It's in his book, um, the ethics and economics of private property, where he says, we, we can take this thing that the left is always giving us class division, rich versus poor, black versus white men versus women. There was a class division in society and it's not government versus the private sector because there's Raytheon, there's JP Morgan at the Federal Reserve, you know, uh, advocating for the Federal Reserve. So we can't say it's government versus private. What we can say is the exploitation theory is people who acquire their end, who achieve their ends in life voluntarily versus those who achieve their ends violently. That is the principal difference. So whether it's a poor male, female, rapist, assaulter, or it's someone very wealthy, in both cases, they're initiating violence against peaceful people. Now, when you get to, you know, President Xi of China, Winnie the Pooh, once you get to his level, you're the same thing with more power. So that is the genuine divide in society. The reason that's important is because they need to do everything they can to tell you that that doesn't exist. In fact, we represent you. The real bad people are the whites who have privilege and the men who have privilege and the rich who have privilege. Well, you could just look at uh, the wealthiest state in America and say anyone born there has privilege and the poorest state and say they have a lack of privilege and then turn those groups against each other. So the attempt here is to turn your neighbor into a potential enemy. It's not necessarily Shane Hazel's out to get me. It's all right. What does that son of a bitch have that I don't have? And if he has it, uh, the marketplace is simply doggy dog competition full of exploitation has nothing to do with people benefiting because of a mutually voluntary transaction. It's only because he only gets there because he, exploits and he uses advertising mechanisms that are completely unjust. That's how they attempt to uh, turn people against each other. And who do people look towards when they're totally divided? Well, the only thing we have in common is this group that claims the monopoly right to rule all of us, the state. So whenever there's a problem, bourgeoisie versus proletariat, a problem so big, only a really big dictatorship of the proletariat can solve it. Therefore, we need Vladimir Lenin. There's so much racism. Only a big state can solve it. I, I can't just have conversations. I can't start judging people by the content of their character or not the color of their skin. We need Elizabeth Warren as president. <laughs> At least president, maybe even monarch. I'm not sure. So what they do, they turn people against each other based on arbitrary differences, not the principal difference that Hoppe gives us in his excellent essay. And then they, uh, uh, and then the state comes in as the group ready to save us all. Same trick. It's been played since ancient Rome. People like Larkin Rose and the most dangerous superstition have gone over this a hundred times. Every time it's a fake enemy. That's how groups justify their power. Because why would you give? Or Plato's Republic probably is the earliest uh, e example of this. Why would you give this group? All this power, aren't they just like you? Don't they have the same faults as you? Well, there's an enemy so bad, the czar, that only the Bolsheviks can defeat the czar. And that's how they get you every time. That's the uh, that's what I understand to be the motive and, uh, you know, uh, operations of uh, these sorts of things. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's proven, you know, and we go through it in, in, you know, psychological courses, even in the Marine Corps, right, where especially in, you know, in reconnaissance where you're working with guys from the, the psyops and all that fun stuff to kind of understand what's going on in terms of battlefield shaping before you guys are around. And to see, you know, this where they, they hit people in that lower brain and the fear, right, and, and they've done it throughout history it's so well documented i mean and you can read it in english and the anti-federalist like it's they, they said hey listen this is how they're going to scare you this is how they're going to you know tell you that you know you have to have powerful people from banking from government from industry from education from whatever it is we are your guardians and so give us the power and it's like uh, i don't know guys like this sounds like a bad deal we've seen it in history and then it happens again and again and again <sighs> And again, so we're sitting here, you know, at, at the, the, I guess, I don't know, the, the precipice of, I don't know, may, maybe some escalation, you know, and it's like, well, I don't see the people escalating. I see the people trying to get back to work. I see the people going back to school. I see the people, well, indoctrination. I see the people going back to their life and it's not the new normal. I see people going back to, you know, what normal was, but I also see this giant swath of america going yeah these guys are all fucked man like screw these guys and you can see it whether it's the you know people that you know were were for gabbard or for bernie or for trump or for anybody that wasn't i mean and look at i mean even the meacocks like in the lnc it's like we weren't for the guys in the lnc that's for damn sure you see it all over the place is this detachment from the i don't know the establishment the 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 well uh the well-born Sure. I went to a Diamondbacks game in Arizona and it was so cool to see no one had a mask. Everyone was like almost eager to talk with the person behind them in line and really just get along, find one thing in common. It was so cool to get out of the social media zone because, I mean, think of how beneficial it is. I can't say I've seen any documents or spoken to any officials who say the plan is to keep people at home, to keep them isolated, and then regulate social media to the point where uh, they only see people that they disagree with. Uh, I don't know that, but I can tell you it's so cool. I mean, Scott had a funny thing on Anarchast with Patrick Smith. He's like – you know, I was so worried about there's all these race discussions and gender discussions and fights on Twitter, but I just came back from Chuck E. Cheese. Everything's fine. Everyone is getting along. There's tons of races. It's okay. God. You can really go down such a rabbit hole and go, oh, my God, this is everyone's fighting. No, you saw 10 people in a row fighting about the same thing. So you think everyone there's still 7 billion people on planet Earth. It's and all even cute. and even if I hate Shane T. Hazel on Twitter. Am I going to hate him to his face? Am I going to risk fighting with him? No, I'm I'm probably going to say, (laughs) how can I make a mutually beneficial, peaceful interaction with this gentleman? Move on to the next one, et cetera. Um, You said said an interesting thing about your enemies. Now, uh, turning people into enemies and people not being on the same page – of course, is the nature of man, more or less Marxists say it's a uh, history is uh, class warfare. People on the right tend to think it's man versus nature, uh, but whatever you think it is. The point is, is that assume there are very evil people out there who want to gain at your expense. Well, which system would you rather 
it exists under a system of free markets where assume I'm the evil person. I can't get a dollar out of Shane at Shane T. Hazel's pocket unless he voluntarily gives it to me and I offer him something he wants in exchange or a system where I have the right to lobby a group or maybe I'm in the group that can take any amount from Shane T. Hazel. And if he doesn't give it to us, we have the right to enter his home and kill him in front of his family if he resists. That's literally the two types of systems. So the idea that, well, there's really bad people out there and well, uh, I have a lot of enemies and you know the, the, the press is terrible and not, I just need to occupy the state. All the power you give to the state is at some time or another going to be used by your enemy. That's what Frederick Bastiat learned in France in like the 1800s. He said the state is simply people's attempt to increase their own value at the expense of others. So it's like, well, that bastard Shane is, you know, making me chip in for his education thing that he likes, but I'm going to make him chip in for this war against Iran and I hate the Iranians and et cetera. The point is, is that all of these problems arise in every society, but they pin it uniquely on the libertarians. They pin it uniquely on the free market, on uh, voluntary capitalism, and, uh, and it's totally unjust. So for any shortcoming, that exists in society, of course, it applies uh, m- much more so to the state. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. And you know, I mean, this this whole isolation thing, I mean, this is what they do in survival, evasion, resistance and escape. Seer school in the military, right? When they want to take people captive and fuck with their head. One of the well, one some of the techniques that they use is isolation. They put you in tiny little cages. They play crazy stuff over the, the, the PA system. They separate people. They take them into places where they can't be seen. Then rumors start being spread, misinformation, disinformation, all of these kind of things. And it's exactly what they did here is say, hey, you got to go into your little tank. You got to stay there. We're going to spread all this different type of information out there. Some of it sounds real credible and some people are predisposed to think one way or another. And they just sit there and they lean on it and they exploit it and they go, oh, we got them right where they want where we want them now. So, yeah, you're, you're right. This this predisposed system, you know, where people are like, yeah, I, I, I think. I'll choose the guys over there with the guns who uh, who want to point them at you know the bad guys, right? All the bad people out there. Listen, ladies and gents, ninety nine point nine percent of the people don't murder, don't rape, don't kill, don't assault, don't trespass, don't vandalize. They don't do anything on a daily basis to screw with their neighbors or with their community or with anybody at all. You're mostly good people. It's the psychopaths that run shit that have power that that's that's our problem. And, and I, you know, it seems like a very simple argument. I think we just haven't been screaming it loud enough. I don't think we've been saying it in, in quite the right way and reaching the people that we need to reach in this remnant. But luckily for you know people like Keith and uh, rest, you know the, the rest of these people who are on fire out there for for liberty right now and growing this movement like I've never I mean I've never seen anything like this people coming into this movement right now and it is absolutely some of the most electric stuff I have ever seen man are you implying Nick Sarbark is not on fire for liberty I mean man. He- He's on fire. I don't know if he's on it's liar, liar, pants on fire kind of stuff. Like, I think that's about it. it I, I, I got to agree with you that uh, it, it's great to see so many people on the same page with not only the Mises Caucus, with, you know, Redacted, podcasters, radicals, just, yes. every, all of them. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's something that that is uh, r- really encouraging, and that's that's sort of what you get in the absence of recognizing, you know, a third party having the right to rule you. You say, "Well, I want to make this mutually beneficial, so this person doesn't owe me any any of their time. They don't owe me any of their money. So how can I make it worth their while?" And that changes the character of a person, a community, a nation, and you know, allows us to really be a beacon for uh, other people who are curious about the philosophy. I know certain uh, <laughs> certain social media disagreements have made us uh, l- less uh, l- less cool than we'd like to be, but I can promise you those are much more uh, esoteric than they uh, th- than they appear to be. <laughs> yeah, man, I was going to say this is a. I, I feel like I'm dumbing this conversation down a, a lot, but it's it's one of those things where you know people who are new to to the idea of liberty and just getting started on that kind of stuff, like you know they're they're not quite where us seasoned anarchists are yet and it's some of it's scary to them and it hurts to take you know some of those pills uh where they're at um with with all that being said um i want to i want to ask you some you know somewhat personal stuff not too personal stuff when 20 you're, tw- you're 25 years old and and you see this kind of stuff you know go down you know I'm, I'm 40 and i've seen some crazy shit but you know being 25 you know, what, what are you optimistic about? What, what are your hopes? What do you want to see? What do you think is possible? Like, I am very curious because, you know, like I'm a, I'm an older millennial, right? I'm on that very, very edge, you know, of, of the, even the, the concept of it. So for somebody, you know, are are you guys considered zoomers at 25? Are you guys still millennials? I think I'm a millennial that, that would probably be the most accurate thing as far as, you know, what our uh, silver linings would be uh, things that we're looking for. It really matters uh, what's in the minds of the populace. So we can lose people like George Bush senior, a tyrant is dead. Finally free at last. Well, not exactly. The problem, the problem is not in uh, the tyrant. The problem is people recognize this guy's right to engage in tyranny in the first place. So the goal is to get people to see government as a concept as ridiculous as me with a Burger King crown on my head, walking down the street, telling people what to do for the same reason. They wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't listen to some dementia patient Biden or some, uh, you know, uh, an apartment builder. Cool. Tell me how to build apartments. Other than that, shut the fuck up, please. I mean, what what else do you have uh, to offer me besides, you know, something you may or may not have specialized in? Uh, it's it's a goal that's really hard to measure because, of course, I want to say, well, it depends on how many uh, votes the Libertarian Party gets. Okay, people voted for Gary Johnson, the most pathetic nonsense I've probably ever seen, until Joe Jorgensen managed to one up him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then uh you, you you get all those votes but you talk to those people and you say what is it that differentiates uh this group government with um this group called amazon and they said well they're both they're both big organizations yeah they still haven't found the principal difference between initiating violence to achieve your ends and engaging in voluntary exchange and any bad thing that all of these private corporations do, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, the breach of contract is the main anti-libertarian thing that social media giants engage in. 
all the more reason to go on Minds, Odyssey, BitChute, etc. All of these things we uh, were able to recognize as different in principle. Me going over to your house for dinner versus you kidnapping me. Me working for you versus you enslaving me. Rape versus sex. I wasn't going to use us in that I last mean, example. No means <laughs> because, no, right? Except because, when it comes to taxes. Exactly, exactly. Or plants. Look, look if, if I don't have the right to do it, I don't have the right to vote for Kirsten Cinema to do it on my behalf. It's, it, it's almost that simple. And, of course, I get criticized for, you know, saying but my channel is extremely simple and I don't really get into the deep topics. The problem is, is I'm not going to talk about long division until people can add two plus two. And right now, the average person can't add two plus two, right. meaning they don't know the difference between violence and voluntarism. So I promise I'll get to the metaethical difference in walking across a lawn between it raining on my head once people know what uh, self-ownership and non-aggression is. <laughs> the dumbest nonsense I'm able to find in these comments with these people. Oh. My, my goal isn't to um, tell anarcho-capitalists to check out, you know, more of Hans Hermann Hoppe's uh, eccentric work. It's to get the average statist to realize that government is a joke beyond Santa Claus. Santa Claus is more realistic than you gave us a right you never had. That is worse than believing in Santa Claus if, if or Rudolph. Out, if you figure out the key to getting people to say they were wrong, oh, man, I'll tell you what. Wives everywhere, they'll love you for sure. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so th there's, a great, there's a great Sun Tzu quote that says something to the extent of build your opponent a golden bridge to retreat across. So that is my current goal. My uh, most recent video, I'm sorry, two videos ago, because I made the Rumsfeld video <laughs> on the fly. I titled it, and please check this out. I promise you'll learn something from it. It's called, oh God, what did I title it? A Libertarian Message to Jimmy Dore, hashtag yeah. anti-neoliberal alliance is, yeah. I, I think, what I ended up titling it It's a beautiful it technique. Absolutely. And, and it's indispensable if we if we're absolute if we're going to win, if we're going to take over, this is the technique that is indispensable in, in all of this. I mean, I, cer I, was, I certainly hope so. I, I was explaining to my uh, my eight year old earlier uh, in on the porch and I won't go into the details of why we were talking about it. But, I, you know, I said, hey, man, what you have to do is approach anybody that you want to make an accus accusation against with a question, right? Because then you're not the aggressor. You're, you're absolutely giving them and justifying, you know, who they are and giving them relevance and, and taking equity, right? And you're saying you are, you matter. What you have to say matters. Why you do think matters. If you can explain to me one way or another, why you made a decision to do what you did, like you put the onus on them. And that is what, you know, Sun Tzu talked about when he talked about the golden bridge, the golden exit, right? Does he have an exit? Give your enemies the exit to be wrong and to understand that they it's okay to, to own that, right? To take that moment. And at that point, man, the thing is, is they choose to aggress against you in that moment where you gave them the golden bridge to retreat from. They're the asshole. Exactly. And look, this is more or less a cult that people have been <laughs> more or uh, less. It, it, have been, uh, you know, part of that's, for that's so the long. Most controversial shit you've said all day. <laughs> you know, 
I, I hate to say it because it's with so many people and it's so passive. It's passive, yet it's called like it's like, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't notice by just looking at him. But when you really push him, it's like, yeah, you should be killed by the police if you don't obey the arbitrary edicts of politicians who I commonly refer to as liars in it for themselves. That's how bad the, the cult is. Obey the words written down on paper or you should be killed. That's how ridiculous. So, so yes, obviously it's a cult. Yes, it's Jim Jones level of uh, of nonsense. However, yeah. people's biggest fear tends to be rejection. People's biggest desire is to seek acceptance. So yeah. when you say, I don't want to take away a single thing that you want. In fact, I think you'll flourish better in the absence of a ruling class. So for the same reason I don't support the Koch brothers violently dominating us, I don't support the Congress group or the Red Cross group or the Walmart group or any other organization or the Mormon church, even. Well, uh, what if we get a vote between two psychopaths every four years as to who's the CEO of Amazon? Then does Amazon have the right to violently dominate us? OK, no, no, <laughs> that's my answer. No, <laughs> if, yeah. if, if, if I could list that off. So. Yeah, it's really t telling people, I love the healthcare. Oh, you're for law and order? My God, am I for law and order? Uh, <laughs> I'm for crazy amounts of law, crazy amounts of order. It's it's wild. You and I are on such the same page. Only thing I disagree with is that granting a group a monopoly on law and order, I think is a shortcoming. And if I and I want to achieve this just like you do, I just don't support this group having a monopoly on achieving that end or healthcare. I believe you and I said AOC and Ilhan Omar at any day can start a GoFundMe or an Indiegogo. Anyone who chips in can get access to the money when they go seek health care. Therefore, it's, quote, Medicare for all. I'm for a voluntary Medicare for all. Of course, it can't be done by the state. You obviously get what I'm saying when I uh, when I refer to something like that. I'm for people chipping in for uh, defense against aggressors. There's nothing wrong with any of these things that people like. The only thing we're against, we're not trying to take away your identity. We're not trying to take away your flag or your meaning or your Thomas Jefferson or your, I'm trying to take away Franklin Roosevelt, but we're not trying to take away Martin Luther King Jr. And, and uh, but we're not trying to, all we're doing is taking the violence out of these great things you want, healthcare and end to poverty and uh, seeking security, seeking community and uh, love with uh, your, your uh, family members. That, uh, I think that's so important that once people see what we're really against, not just the cartoonish version that you constantly see on social media with the idiots constantly, uh, you know, calling us, we're anti-family and we're anti-community. Of course not. You're anti-community because you believe in using violence against members of the community. You, you've, even, you've taken that option off the table for us. Exactly. Exactly. Ab abolition of mutual aid societies is uh, the, the result of the welfare state. Sounds like the uh, the government shouldn't have arms, just like the Catholic Church or any of the other, you know, <laughs> cults out there. And so I, I think, you know, we 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 have looked at gun control completely wrong. I think we need to strip every last bureaucrat and an executive and whoever else carries guns. I think they all need to be stripped of every weapon they have. And I think we'll be a much better society makes it, you know, hey, give us the money. Eh, don't think I will. We're good. <laughs> Of course, yeah. If if you think 
you know, if you think the Klan is a dangerous organization, wait until you hear what the state has done with guns. I mean, God, it, well, I, I'm not sure what's worse, advocating explicit racism or advocating socialism. Both have led to such murderous, large scale terrors. I mean, literally, in both cases, in principle, you're saying some people have the right to rule over others. And in a utilitarian sense, all the nonsense that could go wrong as a causal result of you advocating this idea. I mean, whether it's National Socialist Germany, International Socialism of Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin, they're just death cults. Social democracy of Franklin Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson and Winston Churchill. Of course, they're all uh, justifications. With all the uh, trappings of a cult, no less. And that's what socialism is, the institutionalized aggression against private property. And once you realize that, you're able to differentiate the ally from the enemy, the good person from the bad what what uh what are you gonna do for Independence Day? <laughs> for Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah. Once once I'm done crying for the first twenty three hours, what am I gonna do the last hour? Um, you know, get, keep your cell phone on you. I'll, I'll probably have to give you a call. I'll, I'll need some company. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, last last year, I saw a defiance um out in I think it was L A. Right? They were like no fireworks, and everybody's like. Fuck you guys. Let's I go. I saw that in California of all places. Burn it down. I, I don't mean that figuratively. What I mean is light off everything you got to show everybody. Hey, we're done. It's not that it's not that we're free. It's not that we even have an ounce of freedom anymore. It's that we are defiant and we are ungovernable. Torch it. Let's go. You know, fire them off tomorrow night or whenever uh, July July 3rd, July 4th, depending on, you know, if you're a, a Lee resolution person or a declaration of independence person. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be pretty good. We'll look at Joe Biden was talking about a 100 day mask mandate to start off his administration, but he didn't go forward with it. Now, why would he not do that? Was there not enough ink in the pens at the White House? Did he lie about wanting to do it? What he didn't think there was was the will and the obedience among the populace at that time. He knew there would be so many people saying, oh, screw this. I'm walking my dog. I'm outside. It's 830. The closest person is an ant 500,000 feet away from me. Fuck this. And once people saw that the law wasn't something embedded into nature and in our being, law is just an opinion with a gun, as the great Stefan Molyneux liked to say. It's, it's no different than... Amish law, Christian law, Jewish law, um, local law, polycentric law, monocentric law. It's just some guy claiming the right to rule you. Once they were so terrified, there would people, there would be people peacefully disobeying this bullshit that they didn't even try it. Oh, wait for 4th of July. I bet California doesn't pull that nonsense again. <laughs> it's gonna be spectacular hey uh we're already into an hour keith i mean i mean i don't know my my brain is uh i think it's about to fizzle out anyway after an hour it's too much damn fun brother and i hope you'll come back and do this with me again very soon um but uh, i want to say thank you uh go ahead and plug away everything where uh people can find you and help you and and, and just make sure that your voice is heard I don't want to engage in the paradox of choice where I give people 50 things and they feel paralyzed and do nothing. All I'll ask is people sub to me on odyssey.com. Take two minutes to create an account. Now, if you want to donate on PayPal or Venmo, hey, I won't stop you. The point is, 
If I have a big enough backup on odyssey.com, it 